0: Pilar, and I am here with Big John. Big John, you know John, we haven't called you Girthy John in a while. You Please been on don't. a diet or something?
1: <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I still get the feeling every time you call me Girthy John. I feel like there should be that seventies porn music, like boom chicka boom. Bow. Bow, 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 bow. Bow. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> why
0: we call you. That's why I call you that. Because I mean, honestly, <laughs> as a sailor, the only time I heard Girthy was. yeah (laughs) Yeah, for
1: porn you're right yeah Yeah,
0: so it's a little innuendo you know because you guys to the audience you guys don't know john off camera uh you see a polite older gentleman and off camera we got a a 12 year old frat boy but then again that's how dennis and i are and speaking (laughs) of dennis we are welcome mr velasco back again dennis uh before i give your your well-deserved introduction because i want to make sure people know who you are uh real quick uh, 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 uh one two sentences what do you think of the draft uh, to get
2: it? i thought the draft was you know, the draft was pretty good in a sense that there are really no surprises um you know we basically knew who the top 3 were uh we did have a, a little bit of a surprise at number 4 because uh Keegan Murray who was picked at number 4 is
0: like old man <laughs> murray <laughs>
2: yeah right well he's like a tier or two below uh the person that was drafted after him but we can get into that you know as we talk
0: all right all right fair enough fair enough you know john the way he was talking there very slow kind of reminded me of uh, mike tyson what do you think
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't know uh mike, mike for, Tyson for, for, for the
0: audience out there for the audience out there yes. go to our youtube account sports grumblings we've had some serious breaking news the last few days right and mike tyson gave his two cents on on, on the scotus hearing and uh, uh john has all the background story on that but we won't get into it but go to the youtube sports grumblings and yep. check iron mike out as yep. well as a few others but first of all Let's welcome back Dennis Velasco. Dennis Velasco is the former EIC editor-in-chief of Nerd Fantasy Sports. He's contributed fast fantasy basketball content to Sports Illustrated and The Score and regular NBA content to Yahoo, Slam, SB Nation's Nets Daily, ESPN's O oh True Hoop Network, and many other hoop destinations on the internet. He's the founder of Hardwood and Hollywood, which was a Fox Sports partner and currently a complex BuzzFeed publishing partner. However, check out his new site, Basketball State of Mind. That is basketballsom.substack.com, basketballsom.substack.com. Dennis, it's great to have you back on board. You know, I'll be honest, there was so much happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, the draft is on, you know? Uh, but outside of the Knicks, uh, maybe the top three, the order they went, it, it did seem, I don't want to say uneventful, but but there was no uh, big uh, shocking reverberations, I guess is, is how they would say it. But I do have some questions, and, and as does Big John. And at, at the end of the day, I was asking John about these contracts, and he was he was telling me that they can afford these huge guaranteed contracts because he's right. You have what, 12, what, 12, 12 players on the bench? Is that how much a team carries in terms of players? Get, you,
2: you can carry up to 15.
0: That's what I thought. 15. Yeah. 15. We always hear 12. But at the end of the day, my point is these kids are going to be rich, you know, and God bless them. You know, they work hard. And and again, as a Latino, born and raised in a third world country as a citizen. To me, I look at basketball, football, baseball, whatever. If it gets you out of the ghetto, the barrio, the trailer park, more power to you. Plus, that's the American dream. <laughs> so my first question, though, is were you surprised the Magic went with uh, Paolo, how would you say Paolo Banchero out uh, yeah. of Duke? Because uh, uh, I understand they didn't even work him out.
1: Well,
2: here's the thing. Paolo Banchero has been uh, the consensus number one pick until literally a couple of months ago, right? Uh, Everyone said, oh, Apollo's gonna be number one. And then Jabari Smith basically came out of nowhere. Uh, Chet Holmgren was always up there, but there's questions about his physicality because he's tall and really, really thin. Um, But was I surprised? Not really. I mean, the top three, I knew we were gonna be the top three. He was gonna be in some sort of order and really you can't go wrong with picking any of those if you're the magic
1: yeah tell well, that tell, makes sense and and oh i was just gonna say tell that to me about not surprised because i actually put some money down on uh smith being the number one overall pick uh because yeah. i did I, I i saw him coming on and you know i i think i got plus 225 on him to be the number one pick so not nah, i didn't throw a lot of money on him but i just figured all right you know he seems to it seems to be trending that way um so yeah definitely i that was a surprise to me at least a little bit that uh they didn't go with uh, jabari smith
2: yeah you know the funny funny part about that is um there must have been some sort of rumblings where the magic were like oh no no we're gonna take bonchero because the the line shifted from jabari smith because he was a favorite to go number one and then almost like almost like probably 10 minutes before the draft (laughs) it switched right you know, to of And it's like, yo, that was a quick switch. So I was, something must have gotten out, you know, as far as like the magic who they were taking.
0: <laughs> you know, that's 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 true. Cause I was reading a lot about that today, that the line shifted. I'm like, man, is this not <laughs> to me basketball has always been geared and they worked with not gambling associations but it just they've gone hand in hand over the years and uh uh, so so I wasn't shocked to see that Surprised uh uh, how it flipped like that but you kind of segued into my next question but before I get to it what about the perception that that these Duke superstars, they go into the NBA and they don't really live up to expectations. I mean, how's Zion Williamson doing? He's the last big Duke name that I remember. But in general, Danny Ferry and and, 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 and a lot of the, the, the younger, the, the point guards over the years, I mean, just for big names, just haven't done well in the pros. Uh, uh, I, you really can't compare Apples and oranges. but the kids from Duke and, you know.
2: Well, you know, a lot of it also has to do with health. So it's Zion Williamson, obviously, is health. But, you know, a person that came out of Duke that if he was totally healthy, he would probably be like top 10 all time. And that's Grant Hill. Mm -hmm. But he had issues. Um, You're talking about Kyrie Irving is a Dukie. Granted, he only played like two games, but he was still the number one pick. That's how great he was. He came out of Duke. Uh, He's doing well when he actually plays. Um, (laughs) And then Jason Tatum. He's a dookie. He's doing really well. So it really depends on, like, you know, what time period you're talking about. Because if you're going all the way back to Danny Ferry, then, yeah, (laughs) you know, maybe not so much.
0: The names you mentioned, those are guys that have gone there for the one and done pretty much, right? Oh, yeah, Yeah. definitely. So so once that shifted, so I guess I I wouldn't really call him. I mean, they are dookie. You can't take that away, but it's like. You know, they're just it's a placeholder, you know, got to go play a year here, maybe get my legs or my sea legs and then head to the NBA. So so I get you're right. Technically, I guess I look at it differently. Uh, but you're right. You know, Irving and those guys, I, I had no clue with some of those uh, because I moved out of North Carolina and I kind of stopped, you know, stopped following the details. But that's an interesting answer there. Uh, the Thunder took Santa Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. There's concern, as you said, about his slight frame. And again, you've gotten me back into basketball. Football was always my shtick. But even I knew you know, that these tall, rangy seven-footers, uh, it, its they just don't make it. And, and I stopped looking after a few minutes, but I quickly came across now, not all of these are thin build, but they're all seven-footers or more. Uh, and that is Greg Oden, Hashim Thabib, uh, Kwame Brown he was a little young though and they may have had careers but these were like number one overall picks some of these guys uh, Kwame Brown Darko Milicic uh Milichick. is that how you say the last name Milicic yeah Milicic uh Michael Oluwakandi Sean Bradley and god bless him he's uh paralyzed now uh had that terrible accident a few months ago on the bike and I never saw a follow-up story until I, I researched him today and he's he's paralyzed so I really feel for him and the most Famous or infamous of the all, Manute Ball, because he was like what seven, seven, eight, or seven six. And, and rest in peace, yeah. Manu Ball. Had, had a terrible disease and ended up passing away. Uh, but he did a lot for his people in the Sudanese, or tried to. But uh, all those guys, seven footers, uh, extremely high draft picks. I mean, in, in, within the top five, most of them, if not number one or number two, and they all failed. So when I'm reading about Chet Holmgren, I'm like, if I'm a GM, I'm like, I'm staying away from the kid. You know, because you're talking a lot of guaranteed money, uh, a high pick, and and a pick like that can actually set you back, I think, a couple years. What are your thoughts on that? Or or am I completely off base?
2: Uh, Well, I'm going to say you're completely off base because I love Chet Holmgren. Uh, All those players (laughs) that you mentioned before, uh, they don't have what Chet Holmgren has, right? And that's skill set. Chet Holmgren can get a rebound. And for a slight frame, averaging nine point nine rebounds per game in college ain't bad. He can get grab a rebound on a defensive end uh, and go coast to coast. He can finish with a dunk. You know, one of the great things about him is his handle. He can dribble. He can shoot off the dribble. He can shoot off the catch. He's a great shooter. And yeah, if you watch him play, he's ferocious. He does not care. He will go after you like there are games where he'll have like four fouls just because of how aggressive he is. Um, Ted Holmgren, to me, if I had to choose from this draft class, I would have taken him number one. No question, um, because he has the wingspan. He has the high. Yes, but he can shoot. through, He plays like a guard, you know, uh, i is going to not- ask
0: you. Yeah. His, his, uh, 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 the, if he had the I, I know he can take a three point shot, but does he have the ability to be a threat at the point or is he just a once in a blue moon? Well, here's the thing. You're not gonna play him a point guard.
1: There's no yeah. way. But right,
0: <laughs> he
2: can facilitate an offense. Uh watch him play because when he gets a defensive rebound, if he doesn't go coast to coast, he'll he'll hesitate, look at the court, he has great vision, he can pass the ball. He's a great player. So that's the reason why he was taking number two. And, you know, the Thunder, I mean, if he, honestly, I, I think they lucked out because I think Chet Hunger is the real deal. You so know, before you
0: know, we go to the next question well, I had, you mentioned the Thunder, and, and, and they seem to have jettisoned a lot, and we're going to go into rebuild mode, but they seem to have made out like fat rats in this draft. Uh, at what point do you see, how long do you think it's going to take them to become competitive? Because I'm basing this on the assumption they got a great draft class. But more importantly, uh, how much time is it going to take uh, home grid to really mature, maybe fill out a little bit? Because I believe everything you say, but that's what they always say about the top one, two, three. But the pro game, you're playing the best of the best every day versus uh, every four to five, six games in college. So, so how do you see the thunder in terms of where the, in terms of becoming competitive and, and, and playoff capable in terms of, of going deep, in terms of how long that process will take?
2: Well, it's going to really be up to them because they have the pieces. They have, more importantly, the trade pieces in terms of draft picks because they probably have like 100 draft picks or something like that in the next seven years. It's something ridiculous. So if they wanted to get uh, like an established veteran, you know, through a trade, it's easy for them. They have the cap space because all the guys, except for Shay Gilgis-Alexander, are on their rookie contracts making like $2, 3000000 million. I mean, it's ridiculous. And uh, they got Al Horford of the other year just because the NBA has a minimum salary that every team has to have, right? So they just got Al Horford to boost up that salary because they have so much cap space. And honestly, I'm hoping that starting with the draft class that they had this year with Chad Holmgren, um, Usmane dieng who's another guy with the length, he's going to be great, and you know, Jalen Williams, um, that they decide, you know what? Let's contend in three years. You know, let's give, you know, Chet Yang, Williams. Well, they actually got two Jalen Williams, just different spells for Jalen. You know, let's do it now. You know, they got Josh Giddy over there who can take over for Shea Gilch's Alexander if they wanted to trade him. Uh, I would keep him. He's a great, you know, uh, point guard. But I would say let's do this now. You know, why wait? You know, uh, they had, you know, Kevin Durant, Russ Westbrook, and, uh, you know, James Harden when when they were young and they made it to the NBA finals uh you know and it's kind of sort of the same thing where everybody's homegrown but eventually those great players like the young players they have now they they're, they're going to demand high salaries you know so yeah, yeah. work on it now work on that it now. that makes perfect
0: like, sense what about this U- U- Usameni how do you say that last name Yang. D- Dieng. Dieng. okay you mentioned him yeah. I, I think they're how, how long now i was reading that he's actually a project uh, uh, in a sense, it's going to take him a little bit longer. Does he fit in the plans as you described, or or is he going to be somebody who, who needs some serious seasoning?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of rookies are need seasoning, um, but I, I think he, he'll be fine. Uh, I thought he was taken a little bit too early at eleven. I think you know he's a lottery pick, but you know I thought he'd probably go like fourteen, like right on on the cusp. Um, but you know he, he's going to be fine. You know, he comes from the New Zealand Breakers. And, you know, all the, you know, that is like a great league to play in, but, you know, it's, it's, it has to be something where the OKC Thunder say, all right, look, we got all these young guys. We're going to let them marinate for a few years and we got to go for it because you can only stay young and be the next big thing for so long before you need to actually show something for everything that you have, you know?
0: Right, right. Uh, Dennis, let's backtrack one second. Can you explain the term lottery for the novices that, 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 that aren't as familiar? Uh, uh, because, you know, this I read the Knicks, you know, dropped out of the lottery picks, you know, because of all the trades and all that. And, and that made me, I just thought it was a good question to what's considered a lottery pick, where in the draft is a start, and just so people can understand that process of that Sure. So
2: the lottery is basically all the teams that don't make the playoffs. Mm. So that'll be 14 teams, right? And the way that they uh, do the lottery order, uh, they use like a weighted uh, measuring of it. So the, the teams with the three worst records will have the same chance to get the number one pick. And then your chances go down, the better you are, you know, within, you know, the 14 teams. So lottery pick
1: is one of 14.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. So when they drop out of the lottery pick, they are dropping out of the top 14 then in essence. Right. Uh, okay. That yeah, makes perfect and, and,
1: sense. And it, and it was instituted, Dennis, to prevent tanking. Yeah. So, right. right. Like, so another, like, for example, in the NFL, teams have incentive to lose. Mm. If they're not going to make the playoffs, they have incentive to lose as many games as possible to get the better picks the following season. The NBA combated that by, like you said, the the three worst teams have an equal shot of the number one pick. So, and it's the famous reaching into the fishbowl and grabbing out the name or however they do it now. Uh, but, um, in general, do you like that? like do you like that system of a lottery or do you think it should be more like the nfl and mlb where it's more strictly based on uh the reverse order of finish um i like, I, I don't know
2: because it's sort of fun to see like you know a team that should have picked 10th oh damn they're, they're picking Three now? How'd that happen? <laughs> no, yeah, because right there's there. still a transfer. So it's it's just it's intriguing, um, but you know, as far as like, yeah, we're struggling. See, I hate like teams that don't compete. So right. I like the lottery system because it's like, yeah, you still gotta compete because you know, especially me as a coach, it's like it's all about competing. Like you don't control wins and losses, but you control your you know competition level. And right. Why wouldn't that be high, especially? as a professional athlete, you know?
0: And, you know, John, the thing too, with basketball and baseball, those are pretty much guaranteed contracts and, and 140, what, 140, 160 games. Those guys are worn out. And I think it's much easier to be able to tank it or else the NBA wouldn't have come up with that. In football those guys are playing on incentives to the final game you know they want that extra sack you know extra yards uh the guy's like look you're not gonna pull me out I don't want you to get hurt for next season yeah but I got a half a million dollars riding if I can score another touchdown so I mean I'm speculating a bit but I just think it's it's a different game plus there's 16 games uh and it's also easier I think to see somebody tanking, like the uh, uh, like the guy uh, on Green Bay who was defending Michael Strahan for that final sack on Brett Favre. You know, the guy just tanked uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> poor Michael Strahan. Because I'm in the camp like, dude, you were giving it. You own the record. We acknowledge that. But he's got to live with that. So I understand why he's pissed because that's something you want to earn. But I'm digressing. You know, okay. Detroit lost out on the lottery you know, suppose in terms of getting the top pick there. Uh, but what do you think they felt by grabbing Jaden Ivy? And isn't he a hometown guy?
2: Well, Jaden Ivey's a hometown guy in terms of his grandfather, his father played football there, and his mom played uh, for the Detroit Shock in the WNBA. But he is an Indiana boy. So he played for okay. the Purdue Boilermakers. And his mom is uh, the head coach for the Notre Dame women's basketball team. So he actually grew up with basketball just by being around his mom. And it's amazing to me that he felt a number five to the Pistons, the Pistons, Detroit basketball. They got a great player. I'm telling you, Jaden Ivey, he's going to be exciting. He's definitely somebody to watch. I think him and Kate Cunningham, in, in the back right, right yeah yeah it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a good duo and then you add in Jalen Duran uh who, who they got you know he was a uh I think he was picked number 13 he athlete at one point he was considered the number one pick also the only reason why he dropped was because you know he went to the University of Memphis you know he's one and done guy um uh, he was very inconsistent but so was that team. There was that team was so weird because they had a ton of uh, talent: Jalen Duren, uh, Amoni Bates, who reclassified from being like a junior to a senior, so you can go there. He's the youngest Gatorade player of the year in high school. You know, he got that as a sophomore. Mm. Uh, everyone had high hopes for him, but he had an inconsistent year. Lester Quinones, you know, Long Island stand-up John. Um, he. It was just a weird season for them. And that's the only reason why Jalen Durant uh, went down because he just went down with that whole team you know, in terms of inconsistency in play. And what, it, it, what? Wow. Durant and Ivy, I was like, man, that's amazing.
1: Now, what do you think of Ivy? Basically, look, the Kings passed on him, right? Uh, and that's basically because he said, I'm not playing for you. Well, no.
2: The thing is, the Kings passed on them because they already have two point guards. You know, they have De'Aaron Fox, who's, you know, the, the all-star. Uh, they have De'Aaron Mitchell, who they, you know, he's a rookie last year. And before that, they picked Tyrese Halliburton. So they had three point guards, and it just didn't work. That's why they traded Tyrese Halliburton to the Pacers for DeMontis and bonus, um, you know, just before the you know, trade deadline ended last year. Because you can't have three point guards who are great, and not play them. It's like you're not getting any value, you know. Well, he um, could have
1: played. He could have played at at uh, the two, right? But I think didn't he make it clear? I don't want to go to Sacramento because I thought there was buzz that Sacramento was still thinking to take an Ivy, and he just yeah. made it clear to them, I'm I'm not going to play for you, right? Yeah, he Who didn't. Did he, go, had not?
2: he didn't do anything for him. Did they didn't have any medical medical records? He didn't try out for him. He didn't do any of that. <laughs> um But I mean. He probably saved the kings from themselves because mm. the kings usually make these dumb mistakes and it just wouldn't have made sense for them to take uh Jaden Ivy because when would he play? When would Davion Mitchell play?
0: Mm.
2: You know, those are two young guys that you're like starting their development because you're not playing it.
0: Mm. You know? and, and right. And for people wondering why he would say that, you know, Dennis actually when Dennis started coming on, I started reading up, watching a little bit more, and I had no idea uh, that the Sacramento Kings make the Cleveland Browns look like the New England Patriots. I mean, that's that, how bad that, that franchise works. has been run. And, and I say that because it's been like 16 years or something like that, you know? So so I can see him saying that. And what's that say about an organization? Because even in the, during the last few months, it's like they're trying to defend themselves. No, 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 we're not a bad organization. You know, because I mean, yeah. that, what's that say, Dennis, about an organization? I, I, I guess what I'm asking is, How do they – you got to win, I know. But what can they do to start rebuilding, to to get out of a 16-year funk?
2: Probably not not put, you know, former great players in the front office because they had a chance to get Luka Doncic at number two, but instead they chose Marvin Bagley. Is Marvin Bagley still on the Kings? nope (laughs) they traded him away you know shades
0: of Sam Bowie and Michael Jordan (laughs) yeah yeah yeah.
2: no exactly it's like and they had Vlade Divac as a GM listen he probably knows more basketball than me granted well that might not be true but he definitely like has more experience in a pro game than I do but Luka Doncic like I think everybody knew how great he was gonna be it's just and at number two, you take Marvin Bagley. Look, I'm not going to lie. I love Marvin Bagley. Uh, he was shown out as a high schooler in the Drew League. Uh, you know, he really made it look like he was going to be a great pro. But I think just like he wasn't mentally ready, you know, because he had all these accolades as a young kid. And, you know, and I see it happen all the time. They think, oh, man, I'm getting all these accolades. I'm awesome. I'm not going to work. You know what I mean? I think that's just what happened, Marvin Bagley. I still you know hope that he turns it around because he's still a young guy. But for Vladimir Divac to skip over Luka Doncic, that doesn't make any it didn't make any sense to me, you know. But as far as the kings, what sure. can they do? Uh Vivek Randi should sell his ownership. <laughs> you know, you need a new owner because this he like so he coaches his daughter's uh, basketball team, like you know, they're in grade school, right? This was like a few years ago, he mentioned this. He actually said in, for an NBA team to cherry pick. Do you guys know what, know what cherry picking means?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, so he wanted professional basketball players to cherry pick, meaning when they're transitioning to defense, he has one guy stay down still at their basket to score after their team hopefully gets a defensive rebound right. and they just like throw a full court for that makes no sense in the nba game are you serious you know it just it might work for like grade school basketball it's not working for professional basketball
1: that's wow.
0: right <laughs> well listen uh uh getting back to the draft per se though uh uh uh, uh let's talk about uh, your both of your guys's old ha- stomping grounds there new york and the knicks so i think one of the images going around the internet is stephen a smith you know with his head down his legs in a mansplaining position spread out wide for the world and like what are you doing you know and so when i started looking at it i'm like wow what what did they do so talk to us about the knicks drafting they dropped out of the first round if i'm correct i mean what's i have a question for you later on but let's just bring it up now i mean was all this done because they had their eyes on Jalen brunson and and the money that's gonna cost i mean what happened
2: yeah so they had originally they had the number 11 pick which they traded to okc and they picked dn and they basically traded for um three future first round picks Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be three uh 2023 picks so next year but those picks are so heavily protected they're probably not going to get like a number eleven pick like they had this year. Um, so I have it in front of me because it's just so ridiculous. I have to read it. All right. So they get the Detroit Pistons' uh, first pick uh, next year, right? Uh, but it's protected one to eighteen until twenty twenty four. Okay. So they're pro- they probably they might get that because Detroit's going to be horrible. You know, despite the great draft, they're just they're not going to be that good. So they'll probably get that one. Uh, they got the Washington Wizards pick. And it's protected one to 14. Uh, Dennis, in what do you mean
0: by protected for the audience?
2: <laughs> oh, so protected means, so you can trade your pick to another team, but you can say, but I'm protecting it from picks one to Oh, eight. my goodness. So if the
0: pick falls one to eight, we still keep it. Yeah, so but they're saying, we're giving you our pick, but not if we fall into pick one, two, or three. But yep. that it's it's like Dennis, why bother even making a trade like that? That that just seems so ridiculous.
1: No, well, it yeah, gets deferred New York to, picks. Yeah, well, well, William, it's not that they don't get any pick; it gets deferred to the following season. Yeah, so okay, I'll, I'll yeah. just
2: read off. I'll just read off all the picks. The so Detroit Pistons protected <laughs> 1-18 <laughs> until twenty twenty four. Protected one to thirteen until twenty 2020, twenty in twenty twenty five. And it's protected 1 to 11 in 2026 and protected 1 to 9 in 2027. So the Knicks will not get a a top uh, nine pick at all. So for the Washington Wizards pick, it's protected 1 to 14 next year. They're not going to get it because they're going to be horrible. Protected 1 to 12 the following year. Probably not going to get that either. Protected 1 to 10 in 2025. Protected 1 to 8 in 2026. So they're not getting a first, you know, number one pick. They're not going to get. It's it's gonna be bad. Uh, and then the Denver Nuggets pick is protected one to fourteen until twenty twenty five. So, so can't get the Nuggets pick. They'll get the Nuggets pick. Not the Pistons pick. I take that
1: back. They should get the Nuggets pick because the Nuggets should be good. So this was this was basically cap management, right? Because these are yeah. basically those picks. Yeah. Those picks are just like okay, these th- these are slots that we're not paying for anymore, basically, <laughs> right? Um and and they could use them as co- uh capital if they need to make any trades. Right, right. Eventually. So it's right. not it's bad overall. Not what
0: the fans wanted,
1: right? No, no,
0: no. And now, we, we are talking like, the New York Knicks, not the Sacramento Kings. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> well, here's the
2: thing: uh, there are a lot of New York Knicks fans, and I grew up with a lot of them. And you know, being a Brooklyn Nets fan, I get a lot of crap. But a lot of Knicks fans think, "Oh, we're gonna have three picks next year." No, you're not, because they're so protected. I don't even know when you're going to get these picks. I mean, you have picks, you know, protected as far as 2027. You know, that's like, come on, man. It's like, you may not get three picks next year like you think. And the funny part is, you know, well, funny in an ironic way and petty if you hate the Knicks, um, next year's draft is supposed to be really, really, really deep. Mm. So, you know, if there's any draft to trade into it, it looks like, yeah, next year's. And while the Knicks did do that, there's so many protections, you know, they'll probably only get one of the three that they, you know, traded for. Right.
0: Okay. So, so, so John, I agree with John. That's what I started to figure out in my uh, 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 redneck ways. Hey, this seems to be a, you know, let's get our cat situation. And then I, that's when I started realizing, well, that, 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 That makes sense for Jalen Brunson, though. What's he bring to the table? Uh, How much is he going to cost them? And uh, does he make them a winner? Uh, Or you still need players around him, right?
2: Yeah, so uh, what what happened today, the Knicks traded um, New Orleans Noel and Alec Burke to free up more cap space uh, to sign Jalen Brunson. So they'll probably be able to to get him now because Brunson will probably command about $20 million a year. Um, to me, that's crazy. Uh, is he a good player? Yeah, he's a he's a really good player. He's not worth twenty million dollars. You know what I mean? Um, and if the Knicks think he's a savior,
0: uh, Dennis, same old
2: Knicks Same old Knicks.
0: Dennis, we were talking about the Sacramento Kings in what sixteen years of uh inglorious infamy. Uh, but the last time. Like, again, I don't follow basketball like you do, but the last time I remember the Knicks being national spotlight, you know, on television and all that it was like in the Stark era, you know, way back then. I mean, how long has it been since since they've actually been a competitive team year in, year out? I'm not talking about they make it one year, you know, a little blip. What's the last time they've been consistently competitive? I, I'm i being honest. I mean, the, uh, the Stark yeah. era is the last that time was- I remember
2: Yeah, no, it's, you know, through the 90s, even up to the end of the 90s, in 1999, you know, they faced the Spurs in the NBA Finals. That's when Marcus Camby was blowing up, and he was probably the best player. Um, But they actually do have the worst record in the NBA since the year 2000.
0: So So I apologize to the Sacramento Kings. I apologize deeply. New York City, living up to how I perceive them at times. Well, you
1: know what's Uh, interesting, William? You asked that question. I was about to throw in a joke, but then I realized it's actually true. The last time the Knicks were consistent winners, their uh, finals game, six, was interrupted by a white Bronco with OJ in it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. i was in college then by, oh, by no. the way i was coming home from yeah. work by the way that's, school. yeah yeah that's not a joke by the way i think it was was it against the rockets dennis game six the rockets, yeah. yeah like i'm watching the game like any good new york knicks fan hoping you can bring home the trophy you know and it's like uh, we bring, uh, we interrupt this game to bring in some breaking news. And there's a white <laughs> Bronco being chased by at like 30 miles an hour. And, yeah, and yeah. so ironically, when you say, when's the last time they were consistent winners, that's the first thing that popped into my head. Maybe the can be a little bit, but like, to me, really, it was that Ewing Starks, um, you know, yeah. those guys, uh, uh, Oakley and those guys who were. That's it. Oakley. And, and literally. Yeah. And literally they were interrupted by the OJ chase. Yeah, That's how long yeah, ago yeah. it was. I was trying to think of it. I just, I don't know. I just, Oakley was just physical.
0: He was so blue collar. He was like, yeah. I just love the guy. All, all and the I, were, I, yeah. I, I love Ewing. I never liked Ewing at all. Going back to the John Thompson, Georgetown days, et cetera, et cetera. But I wanted Oakley to get that ring. And and just, I mean, if it were, Jordan, just the bull, it was just time of the bulls, yep. you know? Yeah. You know, but but in in New York's savior is the fact that they have a rabid base. New York City's uh, uh largest city in the country. They're like the the Cincinnati Bengals. People don't realize the, uh, 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 the Brown family didn't care about building a winner because they were profitable. So I'd imagine the Knicks lose or win, they're bringing in the money. So so I guess at the end of the day, that owner doesn't care uh, about winning. Now I can see why the fans and players don't care for the owner they kind of put the blame about yeah. this on, on them yeah but
2: uh, a great dolan. story yeah. yeah james dolan and actually the knicks are by value the number one nba team yeah you
1: have yeah to, yeah you have, you have to understand in new york the easiest thing you could do if you live in the five boroughs of new york the easiest thing you could do all subways all buses lead to madison square garden So the the easiest thing you could do as a New Yorker, you don't have to drive. There's no such thing as driving to a Knicks game or a Rangers game. Even if you're into hockey, you just hop on whatever subway runs through your neighborhood, basically. Eventually you'll end up and for people that don't know, the subway stops underneath uh, Madison Square Mm -hmm. Garden. So you get off the subway, you get on an escalator, an elevator. You're watching a Knicks game. So they're so ingrained, uh, I guess, sort of like the Celtics are for, for, for Boston. They're so ingrained into that into that city that they'll always be popular. The Nets never sure. had that popularity, but the Knicks, are, they're just the default, yeah, hey, we're not doing anything today. Let's go grab a yeah. Knicks game at the Garden, that sort of thing. Pickets so, are expensive, though. Now yeah. they are, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, the, yeah. The thing with New York City,
0: Boston, and all the East Coast is you grow up and your family kind of dictates where this is who our team is. And it's part of the culture. Once you get out to the uh, Southwest, and the West Coast, no uh, uh, well, beach is great today. Uh, I'm not charging. Yeah. I'm not going to pay 400 bucks to take the family. What are they going to lose? 31 to 7. I mean, if you build a winner, they'll come. Unless you're in one of those old institutions, and you can be losers for years and years, and they'll still <laughs> come. You know. So 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 so, so kudos to uh, the East Coast for that. Okay, back to the draft here. The Houston Rockets thought Banchero would. Uh, 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 and, and real quick, Dennis, uh, what's Banchero's uh, background? That sounds like a Brazilian name or Portuguese name.
2: Um I'm not really sure. All I know is that he grew up in Seattle, right? There's a lot of uh former pro players from Seattle, like Isaiah Thomas, Dave Robinson, um, you know, like Brandon Roy, and all those Seattle guys, they all stick together. So when <laughs> was, when Banchero was young, they actually like took him under his no. wing and he's been playing with pro players since he was young. You know, it's, so it's that's funny. how his game got so good.
0: You mentioned Nate Robinson, and I think now, what does the average person think when they hear Nate Robinson, Big
2: job?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. They, they think of him out.
1: getting the, knocked the F out by uh, Jake yeah, Paul, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: Oh, dude, I was scared for him, man. The way, the way him and that the, the, that other guy went down, but that's totally a different topic. Okay. The, you, <laughs> hey, we're having fun tonight. That's what it's about. The Houston Rockets felt Benchero would be there would be theirs. Now every team has a backup plan and I can But that said, I can imagine the quick panic there, but Jabari Smith. I mean, top three, I assume he's a great consolation prize, but how much of a drop off or is there any between him and Benchero in terms of what they were hoping to get versus what they got? All
2: right. So, um, the, the, the kind of even, but I would probably give it to Smith a little bit because he plays great defense. Uh Benchero, he's just he can he's basically like a six, ten point guard, you know, uh great offensively. His defense depends on his drive, like if he wants to play it. Uh Jabari Smith is on hundred the whole time, you know, high motor guy. Mm-hmm. Uh offensively, he can shoot the ball, he can take it to the rack. He can guard, you know, positions one or five. You know, he's a great player. If I had to pick between those two, I would definitely pick Jabari Smith. Oh, wow. And, and yeah, and for the fact that he felt to the Rockets, it's a great fit because, you know, uh, Javari Smith, he doesn't have to worry so much about having to score because they have a young guy, Jalen Green, flip squad. Got a shout-out my fellow Filipino, Jalen Green. Um, you know, I think he averaged some, like, 37 points his last six games, you know. Uh, it, it took him a while to get used to the NBA. You know, he was struggling. But, you know, towards the end of it, he was, like, really lighting it up. And there's a lot of high hopes that he can now, that he's had, you know, the year under him, he can, like, take his game up another level. Um, And, you know, to have uh, Jabari Smith to sort of take, you know, take away the pressure on him, um, allowing, like, you know, Josh Christopher and Michael Porter Jr., Um, they're going to be a nice team. And you know, what's great about them is their coach is like, yeah, let's score. You know what I mean? Shoot the three, let's go on a fast break. So it'll be fun to watch.
0: That reminds me of uh, Odin. We were talking about Odin earlier. Uh, uh, when, Because I think Durant came out that year. Yeah,
2: and yeah.
0: Uh, uh, they were probably having the same conversation. You know, oh, man, I out on Odin. Well, let's settle for Durant. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You can't lose. Uh, and by the way, uh, if Greg Odin was healthy, he could have lived up to that number one overall pick. Oh no, I don't doubt that from any player. Sam monster. Bowie, too.
0: Sam Bowie with his two yeah. uh, uh fragile feet. I mean, I actually was rooting for Odex. He was I, I saw him interviewed, I, I heard the story. Very nice guy, yeah. You know? okay. Very you know, but and and sometimes when you get so much negativity, you can't help but want to root for the guy. But a lot of the analysts hit it right on the head with, uh, about him and his injuries. Uh, but that said, there's so many players uh, out of that list we talked about earlier. It was injuries that did it. In fact, uh, uh, four or five of those players, uh, as I was studying them, it, it so many knee surgeries over the years. And when you're that tall, that skinny, uh, uh, and even trying to fill out, your joints stay the same size. They don't grow. Your muscles yeah. may grow, but not your joints. Right, and you know,
2: and, uh, you know uh, enough respect to the Candy Man, Michael Olo Candy, but the reason why he was picked number one was because there's really no one else to pick at number one. It was it was a pretty bad. Draft. I'm sure there are great players that came from it. I can't think of any, you know, you know, off the top of my head. But I I just remember that as being as one of the worst draft classes ever. Hey, yeah. William.
0: Yeah. You know, I said the NFL a lot and you, you look at some of the draft classes and after four to five years, there's like maybe one or there's nobody from the first round and the star out of that class is like a third uh, a rounder uh, RB right. or something, you know, John, I'm sure has seen that a lot too. Yeah. Hey,
1: William, before you move on, to answer your question, I was looking this up while you guys were talking. Banchero is actually a multiracial, as Dennis mentioned. But uh, his mother is uh, African American, uh, born here in the U.S. His father's actually Italian. Oh, um, Italian! There you go. He speaks Italian, and he actually played for Italy's national team. So, uh, not Portuguese, not Hispanic, but Italian actually. So just well, Portuguese, uh, Brazil
0: is a European, Uh, but it makes sense though. And uh, yeah, I assumed he was multiracial. I just didn't bring it up. I don't want to get political tonight. Every time you get no, not
1: political. It's just that you asked. No, no. no, I know. Do you
0: know how the
2: world (laughs) is?
0: You know, so I just kind of stay with that. But
2: they're not watching your sh- we're not they're not watching this show. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's not the That's audience. true, they're not watching
0: basketball. Okay, That's so who do you audience. see as the winners in this draft? The winners and losers, just a couple off the top of your head.
2: Um, definitely the Pistons, you know, for the reasons I mentioned before with uh Ivy falling into their laps and you know them being able to get uh, Jalen Duran. Uh, OKC had a great draft. Um you know, I think they're going to be really good. I Like, I just keep hoping that they choose to, like, let's win. You know what I mean? Because there's only so much you can do with development. Yes, development is very important. And being a youth basketball coach, it is very important. But this is the pros now. Let, let's let's win something. You know, let's make OKC happy again. Um, yeah, no, no, I think, that
0: makes perfect sense. Yeah. What about your next? I mean, I don't think they had a first-round pick at all. Uh, they didn't even have
2: a pick. But Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to mention the Spurs also did really well. You know, with their draft, um, you know they got uh, uh, man, look, Jeremy Sokin from Baylor, right? Really great player. I think he can be. Uh, when they drafted Kawhi Leonard, like I got the same sort of vibe with that guy. Kawhi Leonard, when healthy, is like one of the best players in the NBA. Um, you know, I really like you know what they did with that pick. But it's the Spurs, you should never be surprised. They have Malachi Granham, you know, uh, from the Ohio State, Uh, another great pick. Uh, You know, like those three teams stand out to me as, you know, being the winners. Um, The losers, it's obvious, it's the New York (laughs) Knicks. You kind know, of slamming
0: his old hometown
2: no look hey it's, it's just true you know I told you what the draft protections are <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean so, no, no,
0: no. I don't disagree at all. I'm just, I'm just poking fun at you. Because uh, uh, the thing about New Yorkers, and I'm sure you guys as New Yorkers realize that y'all think you're the best in the world. That's the reputation y'all have. We, uh, we, we, uh, we,
1: don't, we don't think that. We know that. Like I said, y'all think exactly. that.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, so so the, the, the next question, it's it, it's not a fun question, but it's kind of a fun, you know, what fans would argue. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure John would agree with me, but as a business, <clears throat> having a, a wash. And uh, 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 I don't want to mispronounce it. Shams Ch- Charania. Uh,
2: uh yeah, no. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski or Woj?
0: Yeah, or Woj. Shams Charania. Right, right. They yeah, were. So Woj and Shams.
2: Those are their nicknames. Woj and Shams.
0: Woj and Shams. So having Woj and Shams announcing the picks up to five minutes before the NBA announced it as a business. We love it, because we're working on the computer, boom, get it. But as a fan, and somebody watching the television, uh, uh, there, there seems to be a lot of anger. What are your thoughts on something I hate like it.
2: that? It's horrible. Like, let's get rid of it. It's like, if I wanted, you know, all of that, I'll go on Twitter. You know? Exactly, like, yeah. You know, it's like, why would you, like, announce it? Like, oh, yeah, coming in for Bulge. the Nuggets are going to take. It's like there's no drama like this is supposed to be entertainment right it's
1: sports it's entertaining it's also ratings. Build the drama
0: that's the ratings
1: yeah build the drama man yeah. yeah i also wonder how it affects the betting in vegas because there's you know you put your money down on these picks you know vegas will take any bet just about right and i think what people don't realize is that there's a lot of live betting going on in vegas so it's one thing to say oh a week before the draft i put some money on jabari smith or whatever that's you know most casual fans may do that but there's professional guys they'll they'll make that jabari smith bet and then to your guys point they're they're in either in vegas at 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 the at the table at the at the window waiting for those odds to flip and the second they flip they're adjusting their bet because they know hey like you guys said these odds move so much away from jabari hey Where's it going? Do I need to put a hedge bed in? You know, because this is how they make a living. You know, it's not fun. They earn. That's how they feed their families. Right. right. So, I um,
0: imagine bed, they have this. I mean, once somebody sees this, they I mean, they're such pros, And so on top of it. Okay. Uh, but that said, if I'm the MBA, I'm angry because you're dealing. You want the higher rating, right? Uh, that brings greater advertising money, higher prices, and and to me, it, to me, this is what I loathe about it most. It's disrespectful to the institution you you say you love and care about so much. You know, you, it, it, you're selfish. You already got a six-figure paycheck. Now you're just uh, 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 being being a jerk by doing this and taking away the thrill. Now I get it. They're under tremendous pressure. But if I'm the NBA, I'm going to ESPN and to the athletics. You guys do this again. We're locking you out of every locker room, you know, because you're messing with their money. You're messing with it. And again, you're messing with the fans. And as you say, as silly as it sounds, it's, it's that moment. I mean, with the Knicks, you didn't like it, but for somebody, another team that moment, you get your guy, you know, or for even as John says, yeah, I made the bet. So they're taking a lot away from that. In my opinion, I actually don't care either way. uh, 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 But as a fan, that's how I would feel about it. Or, and as a business owner, I guess. What about you, John? What do you think at the end? You like it or not? Don't care.
1: Uh, I'm indifferent towards it because like you said, we've been in this industry long enough where let's be honest, William, if you and I somehow had a pipeline to know breaking news five minutes before, uh, they announced it, you know, as well as I do, we'd be tweeting that thing a thousand times. Make sure everybody sees it. Right. And at the end of the day, who's paying Woj's salary? Who's paying, uh, Shams, uh, uh, salary. It's, it's not the NBA it may be derivative and based on the NBA but it's ESPN it's the Athletic so if the Athletic says hey Shams you got to be Woj and Woj you got to be Shams they don't even care what the NBA is saying they they're out to beat each other it's 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 competition for breaking news like i mean this isn't new This goes back to the 30s and 40s. If you ever watch any of those film noirs, there's always one scene in there where every reporter at the end of a trial starts racing to the phones to call in the story, right? Breaking news. Well, yeah,
0: that goes back to KFFL. We used to get agents to give us all this information because they wanted it up there. And eventually we got so much traffic the agents were just calling us of course some of them would lie they no they wouldn't lie they'd exaggerate we got this agent to say to tell us my guy just made a 60 yard punt and he he told us the truth, but we're like, nah, hold on a second. So we check it out. You know, it, it was a 40-yard punt that rolled 20 more yards. So so, and John, you and I had this conversation uh, on a different topic though about how you can make something look like the truth, and technically it is the truth, but it's taken out of context. But uh, all right, Dennis, thank you for that uh, talk on the. Uh, hold track. on, could I just
2: give one more criticism about? Oh, we're production? not done yet. I got more right, questions. So <laughs> another thing that I hated about watching this draft they would say this player's traded to this team but they wouldn't say for what
1: oh
0: yeah that's right that's right i didn't understand that at first okay
2: yeah it was horrible why yeah yeah Yeah,
0: when i was reading on this they were complaining about the five minutes and then it said it got even worse with the draft i did it started to get detailed and i'm like okay it's a little too detailed for me it makes sense so but see that also adds to the just the 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 patheticness of it all. And, you know, it, it's, it's trying to be coy, I guess, for whatever reason, and it backfires on their face. And yet, I guess what I'm trying to say is they kind of ruined it for a lot of fans. But, John, you're right. Get off Twitter if you don't mind Yeah, any. well,
1: I, and also, honestly, uh, I'm not going to uh, – like, I don't like it, but I will say, Dennis, that annoys me too. Not just the NBA draft. The NFL draft does it all the time too. Yeah. Like, in the first round, there's all this excitement and buzz, and you've got the biggest audience of any draft of many – and it's like uh, – you know, the the Vikings have traded back or, tra- you know, the Lions have made a trade with the Vikings. Here's the Lions pick. And you're like, all right, what did they have to give up to move up 15 spots? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and then you got to go to NFL.com. And maybe that's why they do it, because eventually you're going to make your way to NFL.com. No, they, they don't do that. it
0: because of that, John. They do it because they make the trade. So once a trade is made, the new pick layout is given out. And so they have to wait for the details of the trade. So they're not doing what these two guys did. They're just oh, they no, waiting. Uh, yeah. I, I
1: I understand that part, but I'm saying to Dennis's point when they said, you know, when they would announce the trade, and by the way, here's the team that traded into the spot. Dennis is saying the compensation was never announced, the terms of the deal was never announced, yeah. Yeah. and they do and they do the same thing in the NFL. Like you'll find out the details of the trade way the after the round yeah. is over or something, yeah. and that's frustrating. But you know what? I think it's not as frustrating to fans as it is to writers. I think writers want to get yeah. want to immediately formulate, especially with Twitter and with the social media platforms like we want to get our take out there boom, boom, boom. Right. Like we were trying to talk Dennis into live tweeting the draft, right. The NBA draft. Uh, I was live tweeting the NFL draft and seriously, you want to know right away. What, what was the compensation? Cause I got to come up with a three second decision. If this was a stupid trade or not, you know what I mean? As a writer, as an opinion offerer, right. So
0: no, no, that makes sense. I kind of never care maybe cause I was never writing those articles. I signed with somebody else, but I just always assumed, uh, uh, at least in the NFL, once you leave the second round, it goes woo, in terms of interest. So uh, you would, but, you, would so Dennis, you would,
1: think so. You would think so. Yeah.
0: You know, you're right. The April was our most trafficked site. Uh, you would think it'd be the summer in the actual season, but it was it was a draft. So, Dennis, would you sit there and say that coverage? They were the losers of the draft when picking winners and losers?
2: Yeah. Like for people like me, like I'm a nerd. You know, I love, you know, the NBA draft. I've been doing a mock draft since Clarence Weatherspoon, like in oh the 80s. Yeah, so I've been doing mocks for a long time, and it was just annoying. And, you know, for example, if you want to get technical, like when OKC traded three first-round picks to the Knicks, which ones? Because they have a ton of future first-round picks from you know all these trades, like Paul George and whatnot. And then like, what are the protections? Like that's never mentioned. Like, all right. So they got three picks from OKC, but are they OKC's picks or some of oh, the picks yeah. that are owned right. by other teams? You know what I mean? So yeah. it was just annoying. And if you were a writer covering that, oh man, if you were solely only watching ESPN's coverage, you'd be so pissed. But having covered the draft live um, and oh, just quick draft story. Uh I was writing for The Score, and I was working with the Basketball Jones guys. So when I was assigned for the 2010 NBA draft, I was supposed to sit next to Zach Lowe. Hmm. But since I'm friends with all the Basketball Jones guys, I was like, I'll just hang out with them in the back. So, you know, it might have been a career changer just sitting next to Zach Lowe, who's like, you know, the Lowe podcast. He's on ESPN all the time. It might've been, you know, life-changing, but instead I chose to party with the party guys and, you know, because they were in the back because that's where all the food was. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so that might've been a wrong decision. Um, But yeah, so if you're writing and you're covering it, uh, usually they give you sheets right away on like what the trade was and all the particulars. But, you know, again, if you're just watching ESPN and you're really into this, you'd be pissed because you didn't hear what the compensation was.
0: Right, and but to defend you, Dennis, I don't care who it is, what industry, ranging from gaming, the politics, the sports, every analyst are nerds, because that's why we know, yeah. so. in my head in football, it's, it's like off camera, guys, I was telling uh, 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 to the audience, you know, Dennis, you know, I prepare questions and all. it's like, oh, well, I haven't always seen them. I'm like, well, you're not supposed, it doesn't matter when you know your stuff. And that's why we bring Dennis on is because he knows his stuff and he doesn't have to wing anything. But in defense of any, everybody in the industry, we're all nerds. And that's what makes us good at what we do. You know, so in fact, the people who created the atomic bomb, they were science nerds. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So thanks for the coverage on the draft, but I do have some questions. Uh, what's up with? Kyrie Irving, so he's taken in his contract, uh, uh, but they're still talking about potential trade. What do you see in that situation? I, I mean, uh, before we get
1: your take, Big John, what do you think is going to happen? Think he stays or goes? I think he goes. He doesn't want to stay. I mean, he wants to do a sign and trade. Um, the Nets. Uh, set...
0: You
2: can't do that anymore.
1: Exactly. Uh, once,
2: so, oh, once, so. he, once he opted in, uh, he can't do a sign and trade. Uh, because he opted in. So basically, the way the sign and trade would have worked is if he did a sign and trade, the Nets would have to agree to the compensation. But not only that, the team that's getting Kyrie Irving, they have to, at minimum, give him a three year extension. So right. no team wanted, other than the Lakers, wanted to do that. Literally no team. And you're talking about a top 10 talent, you know, currently in the NBA just because of how much a headache Kyrie Irving is, right. you know, with all this off the court stuff, um, you know, but he did opt in for the 36 and a half million. He can still get traded. I think it actually makes it easier, um, you know, for him because now it's like, all right, I'll play out this year for whomever. And I'm just going to make sure I play at least 70 games do very well. And I'm going to get that five year
1: supermax. From somebody right, next right. season, what is an unrestricted free age. So at the end of the day, though, he he kind of indicated he doesn't want to be in Brooklyn anymore, right? Um, I think that's a little bit exaggerated
2: because having covered the Brooklyn Nets and still having some sort of contacts within it, um, it's not that he didn't want to. They were actually very close to doing an extension before all this blew up. The the extension talks were going very, very well. Uh, But then that's just balked at, you know, his final offer where he wanted to, you know, he was fine with the incentives. Like, okay, I'll have to play a certain number of games, you know, and whatnot. He was fine with all that. But at some point, it just got uh, very bad very quickly. Um, But I do think it's a little exaggerated because if you think about it, the media were saying, oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving is gone. Uh, he's gonna not opt in right become a free agent and take six million dollars from the lakers to play with lebron you know and that was almost 100 percent. people were saying but that wasn't the case at all he's not going to give up 30 million dollars you know right right
0: right right you know dennis that's a case of uh, today's reporting People don't actually research because of that made the washes do and the shards do, but most don't. And then what happens is these stories get their own legs and what they're saying may happen. Uh, an average reader sees it as that's going to happen. Uh, you know, so so that's how I see. And, and I've seen that from years ago. Uh, and it's lazy reporting. You know, uh, I think, uh, John, your good friend, uh, uh, Tom, Tom Gasol mm-hmm. mentioned that, you know, lazy reporting. I, personally, I've worked with over a couple hundred reporters over a 10 year period. And I, I would I would guess that that it, it's about 60, 70 percent of them are lazy reporters. They wait for the insiders to spill out. uh, 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 uh and, and then they read the stories, the good ones, the insiders are calling them. An insider will call that local beat reporter who's really tuned into that team to get the information on that. But we live in a new era. And uh, I'm not defending Irving uh, as much as uh, 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 condemning what, what we call media today. But real quick, one final question on the, the, the three big guys now uh, on that team, Simmons, uh, Durant and Irving is it me or does it seem like they are kind of three prima donnas there that need a lot that that coach may need to have a psychology degree while he's at it. You know, it, it, it seems like they've got the talent to win it all, but, but, but they seem to be a, a, a little bit of prima donnas needing to be managed there. Am I wrong on that one? Or, or do you see a little bit of that?
2: No, and no, it's really funny. You know, people are like, why are you hiring Steve Nash as the coach? He's never coached before it's because of the personalities, you know, Steve Nash is a back-to-back NBA MVP, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. He was a point guard. So, you know, he's smart. They brought him in because you know what? KD and Kyrie are going to respect him, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, because look at his resume as a player, you know, and he was just brought in basically to, um, understand what it's like to be a superstar player and how to deal with those superstar players. Is he the X and O coach? Not at all, you know, and that's why he had, you know, uh, different, you know, assistants or, you know, I think they call it a, an associate head coach. Yeah. Um, basically leading the way in terms of the X and O's, you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, Yes, they're, they're prima donnas, but what superstar isn't? You know, let's, and, let's, and that's why I was asking. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: that's, that's what, what I was asking. All prima donnas. You know, but at the end of the day, um, um managing three of them, you know, and one one who has yet to play. They, I saw a meme uh, of Ben Simmons uh, with a site, You know, the teams he's gone to, you know, and done nothing, but they haven't been collecting that check still. Okay, the final team trade rumors, whatever. Uh, uh, I don't want to call them America's team of basketball, but it seems kind of like they are America's team when it comes to basketball. The Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, 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 real quick, we don't get into it too much detail uh, if you don't want to. But what do you think of uh, Westbrook and Skip Bayless and uh, Westbrook and that whole, that whole debacle there? And then what do you see happening with the Lakers? There's so many uh, uh, stories coming out of there, but at the end of the day, what do you see eventually uh, uh, transpiring?
2: Yeah, okay. Well, as far as, you know, Westbrook and all that stuff, you know, you got to understand the source. Skip Bayless, uh, yeah, he talks about sports, and, you know, essentially he's just an entertainer, too. You know what I mean? Uh, He has an ego, like all those guys do. Um, So that's just, like, whatever. Uh, As far as, like, the Lakers go, they're stuck (laughs) with who they got. You know, no one's going to want, you know, Russell Westbrook. And what Russell Westbrook uh, today – Opted into is like a forty-seven million dollar contract, right? You know, right. Uh, so he's staying. You, you know, no one's gonna really trade for him. Uh, well, they might if a team wants you know an expiring
0: contract, but um, they're still well, 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 the, You say Skip babies is an entertainer and all that, but nobody wants Westbrook. So there may be some truth to Westbrook. I mean, uh, why doesn't it? It's forty-seven point one million. You're correct that he opted into. That's a big price tag. But if he, still, if he was playing like he was you know, years ago, but is this past season really hurting him that much that no team wants him? Well, he, here's the thing. For the Lakers, you know,
2: I knew it wouldn't work because Russell Westbrook is a high-usage player. Guess who else is? LeBron James. You know, it was never going to work. You know, the reason why Anthony Davis works so well, he doesn't need the ball all the time. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Russell Westbrook needs the ball all the time. And, you know, talent-wise, skill-wise, I think Russell Westbrook's still better than, like, 95% of the NBA. You know, it's just he's on a bad team where (laughs) he's not able to use his talents as much. You know, that just didn't work. Russell Westbrook, if you were waiting for him to, like, Be that you know, catch and shoot guy taking three—that was never going to happen. Right? You know, it was just a—it was a bad mix and like a bad addition that just didn't make any sense.
0: But see, Dennis, you say that was never going to happen, and I believe you. But weren't they thinking the opposite over there in Lakerland? And and when you say they,
2: when you say they, there is no they. No, no. I will tell you this: when I say they, I'm talking about LeBron James, the
0: scouts.
2: No, LeBron James thought it was going to work. LeBron oh, James is so, the one. Yeah, LeBron course. James is the one that wanted Russell Westbrook. You know? ah. So, yeah, bad choice, Bron. Gotcha, <laughs> you gotcha. know, that was not going to work. No way.
0: <laughs> I forgot about that. LeBron yes. James called it was LeBron mind. that wanted him what about you john where do you stand on the whole west brick westbrook i don't know the player good enough in terms of his playing to know if it's well deserved or not i just know after time every player becomes a brick well, just
1: because of age well he he had the i the reason the west brick thing started coming from skip bayless was that uh westbrook had the lowest three-point percentage yeah. uh, out of <laughs> any starting uh player so um that's why he started calling them west brick. but like and listen, I'm the first to admit I'm not a big Skip Bayless fan. Like I respect his his breadth of work, but as a personality, he's not the type of guy I would hang out with in a bar. Like he just oh, seems arrogant, like arrogant. He's arrogant, but even all joking about the arrogance aside, I just don't like his mannerisms. Like, uh, like uh, with Shannon, uh, not um, uh, yeah, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, yeah. When did they, they do that show uh, together? Um. Shannon Sharp is like, you know, he's entertaining. He's like, come on, Skip, you know, whatever. Um, And Skip, you see him sometimes like, yeah, no, no, no. mm -hmm, mm," You know, like brushing him off, almost like condescending. I don't know if that's an act or if it's real. I've never met the man, so I don't know if it's an act or it's his personality. But I have to say... You have the urge when you see Skip Bayless on TV, you want to either punch him in the face or choke him out or something (laughs) like to me, at least he's infuriating to me. Um, And the only reason I'll watch that show is for Sharp. Now, um, does it mean I think Bayless isn't a good analyst? Absolutely not. And he's probably better as a writer than he is as a TV personality, in my opinion, because as a writer, you get his analysis. And the sarcasm and the condescension doesn't necessarily translate through the, the written word as it does through the visual medium. So to me, Skip Bayless, now I don't know Westbrook enough, the West Brick uh, uh, pejorative, it's applicable. He was the worst shooter from three-point range. You can't argue that. Whether you think it's appropriate for Skip Bayless to refer to him as West Brick or not, but I'll give Bayless credit. He seems to have balls of steel. Like, I mean, Westbrook did one of those say it to my face, and he's like, "Come on, my show. I'll say yeah, it again." Yeah, like, yeah. And, and and he will too. You know, he's and had Bosch, a history. that
0: with Bosh. With Bosh, yeah, will so, do it. You got to give Bayless credit in that he mans yeah. up. And uh, 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 I would agree with you, except for one caveat. He had good ratings on first take. And then when Stephen A. Smith came, who he recruited for the show, they they, they, they skyrocketed. Uh, and then he, he's done, the ratings were not great, but they've been consistently improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find them all over the top. I have an issue with uh, the analysts because I'm terrible too, but I'm a nobody. Once you get a certain stature, uh, when i was on the radio i was never disrespectful because they're playing a game i dreamed of uh, mm. i mean i'm a five foot seven latino you know i couldn't even be a placekicker. skater yeah you know? uh, so so i find it disrespectful uh uh you can say it in jest and all that uh, i actually sent jim everett an apology note i uh because remember his issue with J- jim rome right and uh, uh uh but i I, I was never rough with him, but when you're younger, you're a bit more callous, you know, and it came from those hated, I was callous. I was like, look, the guy has fan and feed this, that. I never called him names or anything, but I wasn't kind to him. And I just felt bad. I saw the wrong thing, and uh, I said, I'm going to apologize, and, and he responded back. And so when I look at Stephen A. Smith, Shannon Sharp, and those guys, well, Shannon Sharp can back it up. He's got the ring, you know? It's kind of like, you know, I, I guess my take, I can boil it down to Stephen A. Smith, trying to comment on MMA then a week or two later showing his MMA skills and he looked like a joke you know it's it's like have a little respect before you denigrate somebody but you can that's your job you're getting paid for it. I understand it but there's that fine line so I don't know if Bayless has crossed it Uh, I I don't Stephen A. Smith he's his own personality so right or wrong but I see what you're saying John those mannerisms just just irritate me oh they're
1: very irritating to me
0: But but he's a good analyst though yeah and I'm
1: fairly easy going like people know like i rarely get mad at anybody but like to have someone like as you're talking because to me the thing that i notice is while they're talking to each other uh shannon will be making a point right like skip let me tell you all you know and 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 look i'm not accusing him of yeah yeah because he has that you know uh shannon has that deep voice and he has that little bit of a southern drawl to him and you know but it's entertaining He's insightful and he plays it up. So you're like, okay, I can deal with Shannon Sharp. And at the end of the day, you know, it's joyful. He was the same way on NFL primetime, by the way, when he would uh, face off with um, Mike Irvin and Deion Sanders. Talk about a fun trio. Those three guys were uh, mm-hmm. outstanding together. Um, but Skip I, again, like if Shannon's saying something, he'll be looking down at his notes. And then you hear like this underlying, you know, and it's like, damn, man, like that guy's a monster across the table from you. You know, like I would be hesitant to do that simply because one day I may make one too many. Mm-hmm, and the guy may just flip, you know. There's a physical uh, threat there. Not that he's done that. I'm just saying. As two men, you realize if somebody's a lot bigger than you, there's certain, I'm not going to go past a certain line, whether, it's, whether he's ever reacted or not. That's what annoys me about Skip Bale is. But to the extent that he's a good analyst, that he's insightful, he's a good writer, all true, and backs up what he says. To your point, when he was challenged by Westbrook, he was like, bring it on! I'm more than happy to tell you to your face. Come on my show. Come on my podcast.
0: And what do you say? I I started calling you that in 2012. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think, Dennis, about um, getting this in his style well, and that type stuff?
2: I just want to say two things. All right, so Russell Westbrook, he is not a three-point shooter. He's streaky at best from a three-point range. But let's not forget, this guy averaged a triple-double for multiple seasons. You know what I'm saying? He's an NBA MVP. Right, you know? right. So, when people call him Westbrook, it's like, oh, all right, fine. That's fair enough. He's not good from three. But look at everything else, literally everything <laughs> else, he does really well. Right. I mean, to average double digits to points, rebounds, and assists in one season and then do it for multiple seasons, there's not many players that have done that he's like the only one, him and Oscar Robertson. Yeah, that's no.
1: The, total, damn, Oscar Robertson, that's
0: going way back.
1: That's it. Total, so, res, total respect on that, by the way. It's not yeah. like I, it's just that if you listen to Skip, <laughs> yeah, he said, I gave him that name, and he told him, why do you call me Westbrook? You had the lowest shooting, three-point percentage of any starting player in the league. You so You know,
0: Dan,
1: John can relate to this, too. It's a lot of times in life, it's
0: like we know the true data, the true story, the true info. But but again, these stories just gain a life of their own. Right. And you could be screaming the truth to them, and then they're like, oh, Westbrook, and it's just you just want to pull your hair out. Well, you know? it's, also,
1: well it's also a very good pejorative yeah. because it plays off his actual name. If you think about it, yeah. what is it like one letter off, two letters yeah. off, Westbrook, Westbrook, right? And yeah. um, and it fits the perceived narrative that. Skip Bailey. So if you're gonna if you're gonna make fun of somebody as a comedian, as somebody who loves comedy, I'm sure Dennis as a as a comedy writer will appreciate too. That's almost like the perfect joke. To to, to like to mock him by calling him Wes Brick in that context is almost a perfect line. Like if you look at all the boxes for comedy, for insult, (laughs) for sarcasm, like that Westbrook checks all those boxes off. Like I appreciate it as a writer, that that is a great, (laughs) that is like a great line, you know? Like, so, uh, but Dennis, uh, you were saying Westbrook, really not a a brick uh, layer, obviously, but I mean, um, but in terms of the whole skip Bayless thing what do you read on that like him personally on that
2: um I, like i really don't care it's like whatever like,
1: <laughs> i don't watch them in fact i just skip that show
2: ah. <laughs> uh, oh, ah. Ah. but uh like i don't really care but i think the latest you know uh analyst uh, opinionator, bloviator uh, versus player a uh, few to watch now is Kyrie Irving and Steven Smith because mm. Kyrie Irving put Stephen Smith on blast Stephen Smith replied well come on my show and let's talk about it
0: really so amazing. I hope well, he blasted happens. him first on, on Twitter where he came yeah. out with a team like your dad whatever I ain't talking yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no you're right Dennis but but John you forgot the one most important check mark of all what's that television it's per it's great for ratings, television yeah. in that little uh-huh. segment and it's gone viral because look we're talking about it and that's where there was a study done like on the tonight show uh uh on, actually all the late night shows of how terrible the ratings are but the sheer number of people who watch the little you know yeah through the roof. online yeah. in terms of what that does for uh for the show dennis Final question: What have we missed about the draft or the rumors that we, as fans or fantasy football people, who are already looking towards next season, or the nut jobs out there looking to make a bet on something? What anything we're missing, or, or, or did you cover it all well for us? Um,
2: I think I pretty much covered it all well. I mean, you know, I think the real thing that really stands out about this draft, you know, is just. What were the Knicks thinking? Like, <laughs> I mean, and, and the funny part is, we know what they're thinking. They want to get, you know, salary cap space to sign Jalen Brunson. But honestly, I don't think they're going to sign Jalen Brunson. Wow. I think he signs with the Mavs, you know? Uh, but weren't the Mavs, Mavs saying more money?
0: Yeah, but weren't the Mavs saying that, that they pretty much kind of not giving up? They pretty, yeah, literally kind of giving up on him, assuming he's going to sign with the Knicks. That's, that's what i Yeah, no.
2: That's that's not going to happen because he was a key piece. He fits really well for that team um, gotcha. because he doesn't have to be a, a number one. Gotcha. You know? gotcha. um, and now you know, they traded for Christian Wood. That's another scorer that Jalen Brunson can pass the ball to. You know, so there's no way. Look, if Jalen Brunson signs with the Knicks, no two things, okay? Jalen Brunson's uh, agent is Leon Rose, the basketball of operations for the Knicks, right? His agent is Leon Rose's son. (laughs) You know what I mean? Number one. Number two, the New York Knicks hired a new assistant coach, Rick Brunson, Jalen Brunson's dad. So if you want to talk about like pandering and all that stuff, and you still think he stays with the Mavericks. But I still think he stays with the Mavericks because that makes the most sense basketball-wise mm. and money-wise because the Mavs will be able to pay him more, right. you know, and give him more years. Yeah. So it's just like a no-brainer. And it's they're closer to the a championship. To and it might be for nothing.
0: Yeah. And, and, and as a player, wouldn't he – I mean, you want the ring. The, the Mavericks are much closer to championship material than the Knicks. So, so everything you say makes logical sense. But, if, you know, yeah. yeah, because at the end of the day, somebody would go, well, the Knicks are going to show him the money, but you just said the Mavericks can pay him more. So uh, 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 maybe he's close to the family, wants to go work with him on that, so who knows? But Dennis, thank you as always. It's a pleasure to have you on. We love having you on because there's no question we can throw at you and trip you up. Not that we try to do that, but but your knowledge is, is second to none. Real quick for the audience here, what's the website they can go to, to check out your work?
2: All right, look I just started a Substack. It's basketball, S-O-M, state of mind, uh, Eventually, I will get basketballstateofmind.com up on there, um, but go there, uh, read it. I plan to have new content up uh, Mondays and Thursdays, so look for some tomorrow. Um, and if you like it, subscribe to the newsletter, and I'll love you as much as I can through the internet, through all the wires and all that other good stuff.
0: <laughs> Dennis, I wouldn't be saying like that the way the porn industry is moving along. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. knows what's gonna happen with
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> but Dennis, thank
0: you so much. <laughs> Everybody, we're gonna have Dennis back on. We're not quite sure when, but we want updates throughout the the off season. And be sure to visit his site. He'll get he'll get at least one subscriber. I'll be heading over there after we get off not through the wires
2: or anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, I will say NBA free agency is coming up. So there you, you go.
1: Know, lots there you of go. players
2: can like opt in, you know, Kyrie Irving uh, says he's opting in, but that doesn't become official until Thursday. Um, so free agency is coming up. Let's talk again next week and talk about
0: where, you know, all these players went. Boom. Sounds like a plan, brother. And everybody. You've been listening to Points on the Board. You can find this episode and all past episodes that are still relevant at sportsgrumblings.com. Everybody, thank you for listening. Big John, as always, thank you. Dennis, we look forward to having you back in America and the world. Good night.